Hello out there, this is Pamela Fagan Hutchins and you've reached Wine, Women and Writing. This is the podcast where I talk with other authors about their great books and post on my website so you can read the books ahead of time and book club with me because really this is all about the books that I love and with a little emphasis on the female characters um, that are authentic and complex and, and make them wonderful. Um, today's show is sponsored by Lisa Press Preston, um, her book, Dead Blows Out, we'll talk about it a little bit more later. But my guest today is Paula Munier. Am I saying that right, Paula? That's great. Thank you. And she's got um, a book out. And I've got to tell you guys first that a lot of times people are on the show because they find me. But I was searching for good audiobooks um, last year, and I ran across her Mercy Car Mysteries. And I am a sucker for anything with a Malinois in it, which we're going to talk about in a second. And I found Paula. And so I wrote to her and said, would you please be on my show when your new book comes out? Yay! So welcome. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> I'm very excited to have you here. Um, so first of all, before we do anything else, tell people about a little bit about the mystery series itself and then lead us to blind search. So we'll start by letting a backdrop with the book and then we'll chat. Okay. Okay, sure. So I, I wrote this series because I wanted to, to write about all the things I loved. So I love New England, where I live. I love, um, I grew up in the military, so I have a soft spot in my heart for military um, families and dependents and servicemen and women. And I, I always thought that, you know, had I been a little younger, you know, they didn't accept women into West Point until three years after I graduated from high school. But if I was an only child and I would have been there, if my if my dad, if it had been an option, I would have been there. So <laughs> I always thought that, you know, that was a life I, I may have led, right? I could have right. gone into the military like so many of my friends did, certainly all my male friends did. At the time, there weren't that many women. Um, well, there were women in the military, but, but uh, you know, it was not considered a career path the way it is today. Right. And so, um, you know, I always think there, but for the grace of God, go I. So I wanted to write about a female, military policewoman. And of course, you know, I love mysteries and I love law enforcement and I love detective stories. And so I thought this would be great. Plus what I did was I went to this fundraiser for a wonderful organization called Mission Canine Rescue. And what they do is they rescue military working dogs who've been abandoned. Now, the Army does an okay job of making sure that service dogs are repatriated with their former handlers so they can live a good life after they are finished yeah. with their service. But many of the defense contractor dogs end up in kill shelters and they end up, they need rescuing. So I did this fundraiser, I helped with this fundraiser for Mission Canine Rescue and I met these fabulous Malinois and I met their handlers and I just fell in love. So I, I thought, that's it. I'll write about this military policewoman. She'll be home from battle. She's, she's wounded. Her fiance was killed in battle. Who was the handler for this dog, Elvis, who was a defense contractor dog? He says to her his last words, take care of my dog. So mm -hmm. she has to go home to Vermont, find this dog, and together they're marching off their grief in the Vermont wilderness. So that was the idea of the series, and that they would team up with a local game warden and his dog, search and rescue dog, uh, Susie Bear, who's actually inspired by our own search, uh, rescue Newfoundland retriever bear and they would come up and they would solve mysteries in the Vermont wilderness that was the idea of the series and they allowed me to write about everything I love so. 
And who doesn't love the Vermont wilderness, rescue dogs, search and rescue. Elvis is a bomb sniffing dog. I mean, you wrote about everything I love, game wars, <laughs> military people. I mean, it's it's like we had a psychic connection. And I said, write me a book, Paula, write me a book. <laughs> well, it was fun. And I think if there's a lesson to writers there is to write what you love. You know, yes. they say write what you know, but also write what you love and write what you'd love to know. I've gotten to find out all kinds of great things about service dogs and about the wilderness and about my own home home here you know in new england all kinds of great stuff that i get to research and and talk to fabulous people game wardens and and wildlife biologists and all kinds of cool people uh, and dogs of course and dogs you've got to talk to the dogs well i think that you're so right when you love something it comes through in how you write about it you know you love the dogs and your stories and the place and the characters and um and so for this this book blind search you um you mentioned that it was based upon some real events there you go it's a pretty cover too you can tell <laughs> place in um, some characteristic weather for New England. <laughs> yes, we, we, uh, we just had four inches more snow yesterday. So yes, it does take place and, and during hunting season, you know, and just as fall, which is the busiest season in New England because every, all the leaf peepers come to look at the leaves. And just as fall is turning to winter. I love the transition between seasons here and, and, and in our lives, right? That's that transition that's the most interesting, that point from winter, fall, when, you know, autumn to winter and then winter to spring, which is the book I'm writing now. I love those, those transition periods. Well, certainly you've got that going on in your characters um, as well. I mean, Mercy's in this huge transition period from in a relationship to not, to in the military to not, to, uh, you know, everything that's going, to, to having not been a dog handler and now she is. I mean, She's in all this flux, which puts delightful pressure on the young woman. Yes, <laughs> it is. But, you know, having grown up in the military, I've seen a lot of, of that transition with friends and family, including my own dad. When they, when they leave the military, what do they do next? You know, right. it, it's a big transition. The civilian world is so different. It's a big transition for people. And I wanted to write about that. That interested me. Um, and so in this book, um, the little boy that's, that is at the, its core, Henry, uh, is based upon something that you found that was real, right? An autistic child lost in the Absolutely. woods. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's been inspired by a true story of a little boy got lost in the woods. It was a little boy on the spectrum. And he was happily, you know, happily found by search and rescue personnel and canines. And that story had a happy ending. But I, but I found in researching the book that... You know, you hear about hikers getting lost and hunters getting lost in the woods. But what you don't hear about are the people most likely to get lost in the woods who are children with autism and elderly people with dementia because right. they wander off and mm -hmm. they get lost. And because when they do get lost, instead of looking for help, they tend to hide and they get scared and they don't answer calls for help, which is why it's so great to have the dogs because the dogs can find them where they're hiding or where they're quiet. doesn't matter. Well, and that uh, the the relationship that um, that Henry eventually developed with the dogs and and how it drew him out was to me such the heart of this story was was watching this boy learn to trust. And we don't want to give away any spoilers, um, or we don't want to spoil anything or give anything away. But plot wise, this book is about Henry having uh, information he shouldn't have that he saw. Right. 
uh, just a little bit of, about um, blind search itself, um, if you would, please, Paul. Well, I got the idea. Like you said, I, I saw this story about a little boy with autism who was lost in the Vermont woods and was saved. And as a mystery writer, of course, my brain went right to what if a little boy with autism was lost in the woods and witnessed the murder? And then Mercy would have to find him. She'd have to keep him safe. She'd have to discover who the real murderer is before anything could happen to Henry. It just, it, it was like full of questions, right? The story questions you need to tell a good story. So that, that was right. a for the story. And what I'm noticing with Mercy in these episodes is she's got a strong maternal instinct, instinct as well, that she's got this soft spot for these kids that she's finding, um, which kind of gets me here too as well. <laughs> Mercy has a good heart. She does. She does. She does. And so with respect to Mercy and Elvis and Troy and Susie Bear, and I should mention that, you know, there's a will they won't think won't they kind of vibe going on um, with a, from the romance perspective here, which is really nice. Um, are you working on book number three? Are they I going am. to be it this week? Please, God. Yeah, <laughs> this close. Um, but yes, it, it, it is a fun book, too. It's called The Hiding Place. And Mercy, you know, continues her adventures with Elvis. And she continues um, the push-pull relationship with Troy and with, uh, with Susie Bear. And it, it's fun because it, it's an old case. Her husband, I mean, her rat, excuse me, Mercy's grandfather was a sheriff, and he died in the line of duty. And so this is a cold case that lends, ends up in her lap, that brings all kinds of family secrets to bear and puts her grandmother in danger and lots of stuff going on. And it takes place during the transitionary period between winter and spring, which also really interests me, you know. And so very much what I'm hearing is, is the next point that I had is there's multiple generations of interesting females in these books. And so it's one of the things that drew me to you as a potential guest is that we don't just have mercy. We have her mother who leads a very different life. We have a grandmother. We have, we have all these wonderful characters, some not even family members, but you would consider them family in the town. Sure. And those relationships, even though mercy herself, isn't a girlfriend girl, she's not a, go to coffee. She's a go hike in the woods with your, with your dog girl. She's not a go to coffee, go shopping, you know, but she is tight with multiple generations of her family. And I loved that. Yes, it was great fun. I mean, I'm a grandmother myself and my mother, you know, there's four, four generations, right. And, and we love that of all these, I have three little granddaughters. So between my daughter and my grandmother, my own grandmother, who's, Who's since passed, but she was a very strong influence on me and certainly influenced the grandmother patients in the books. So yeah. I'm a big fan of strong women. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. And as somebody myself who's not a girlfriend girl, I've really related to Mercy, you know, and 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 I sometimes find I'll read books and and I and I'm jealous of the relationship between women and their friends because I am always working. I don't do that. But I could really latch on to caring about um, your family. Paul and I were talking offline before we got on, you guys, about that we both have a lifestyle now where we spend a lot of time with our parents. <laughs> and that you've got a big, beautiful house that's big enough 
that you can have multiple generations under one roof now, right? Yes, it, it's wonderful, actually. You know, my, my parents and my husband and I, we all live together in this big house. And then the kids come to visit and the grandkids come to visit and the great grandkids. So it's really wonderful that, to have a place where everyone can come. And of course, it's, it's in the woods on 19 acres of, you know, trees. And, you know, so it's really a lovely place and the granddaughters love to come which is of course my my granddaughters live in switzerland which is way too far away oh my goodness i know that the good that's the bad news the good news is they have very cute little french accents you know <laughs> <laughs> it is fun how i'm living on, on my parents property as well and it is so nice for the kids they don't have to make a choice they just come visit everybody <laughs> you know exactly. 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 the time you get with them yeah, my sons were here, both my sons were here this weekend, and it was so lovely for everyone to be together. So. I love that. Now, your um, your day job, if you will, has not until, I don't, do you still keep your day job? You are- oh, Absolutely, like, all my, like most of my clients, I have a day job. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So tell us about your day job, because I think that'll be fascinating to the listeners as well. Well, I love my day job. I'm an, a literary agent, so what I do is, is uh, sell other writers work and, and you know find them homes, find their, their their books, good homes with good publishers. And I started off as a reporter years ago and then I got into magazine editing and eventually into book editing and I was an acquisitions editor for many years before I became an agent. And I actually went to work for my own agent's agency because I kept writing all along, right? So so it's great for me because I just sort of live and breathe books all day long. I love that you had such grounding in um, literature and knowing what it was that edit you as an edit, uh, acquisitions editor, you are constantly looking at what do people want to read? What is going to be the next thing that they gravitate toward? And as an author, that kind of savant <laughs> type of approach is, is helpful. I mean, you write what you love, but it helps also to know whether or not other people are going to love what you love to. <laughs> sure, sure. And that's, you know, in my day job, I spend a lot of time talking to writers about what kind of books they should write if they want to sell. And and even more importantly, how to position those books. You can yeah. write anything if you position it correctly, right? And, and you find a place for it in the marketplace. That's the, that's the real rub is how do you find where it will fit in the marketplace? Absolutely. Trying to envision who your reader is, where they get their books, how they get their books, how they discover their books. It's, um, it's quite a puzzle, a, Rub a Rubik's Cube. So, and, and a lot of authors really, really, really don't even want to think about that. So you- No, they no. need to. <laughs> they do, they really do. So have you always been, are you, do you primarily agent in mystery suspense thriller space? Are you more romance women's fiction? Are you, what are, do you have a, speci a speciality or are you across the board? Well, I represent what I love basically. So as an acquisition center, I did a lot of nonfiction. So I represent mm -hmm. a lot of nonfiction and I write nonfiction too. I like nonfiction. As a matter of fact, I just sold a fabulous um, story that I think your readers, your listeners will be interested in. It's, it's written by General Mary Kay Eater, a lady general. How cool is that? Cool. And, yes. And she's writing a, a, a book about the unsung and unheralded, unheralded World War II heroines. So we hear a lot about the guys. We don't hear that much about the women. The right. women 
who were spies and code breakers and, you know, all kinds of fabulous things, smuggled in refugees, smuggled out refugees, did all kinds of fabulous things. So she's, and she's been meeting all these women as she travels. And, 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 you know, there aren't that many left. And so we need to tell their stories while we can. So we're very excited about that. It's called the girls who stepped out of line. And it's about these um, World War II heroines. It's going to be published by Sourcebooks next year. So we're very excited about that. That's the kind of thing I, I love. And how could I not want to sell that book, right? Enthusiasm yes, for that was as high as talking about your own book. That makes me smile. <laughs> <laughs> but I also represent a lot of crime fiction. And I represent women's fiction. And, you know, um, I do some middle grade and some YA. Uh, and, and a lot of nonfiction. I just do whatever... Whatever, you know, I, people always say, you know, they don't understand why this book doesn't sell or that book doesn't sell. I say, you know, what agents do is we try to sell the books we love that we think we can sell you know? <laughs> because we don't get paid until we sell the book. So, you know, that means every book, you know, is literally our paycheck when we sell it and we don't get paid until we sell it. So we have to consider the marketplace before we take on a project. So we, 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 we try to sell books we love that we think we can sell, that there's a place for in the market that we can make a place for. It's sad because sometimes there'll be books that are that are lovely, but if you know that it would take you seven years to not place it, you can't, that can't be your project. It just can't. And that's tough. It's very, it must be hard to say no sometimes. It's very hard to say no. And that's the hardest thing about being an agent, I think, is saying no. That's the hardest thing. As an acquisition center, I didn't have to say no nearly as much as I do as an agent because we get my first week as an agent, I got 1,000 queries from writers. That's overwhelming. And yes, we get thousands and thousands and thousands of them. So, you know, and we only have, right, each agent maybe represents 30, 50 people max. So, you know, there's yeah. only so much, so much we can have. But that's why I wrote three books on writing so I could share what I've learned, you know, with everyone even though I can't represent everyone. So if people want to get your books on writing, is that something that they could read more about on your website? Sure, um, sure absolutely. So I get a lot of authors that um, that run across this show as well. Of course, authors are readers, you know, so this is absolutely. so So if you're like me, you're like, yeah, yeah, book on writing. I want to read about the dog. But also, then you're going to want to read the books on writing. And is it paulamounier.com? Your yes. website, yes. so P-A-U-L-A, -A, you can see it on the screen there, Munier, M-U-N-I-E-R.com for her books on writing and also to find out more um, about the series. And do you also blog for authors or do anything that we should be pointing them to? Well, if you are an aspiring, aspiring writer, we have a website called careerauthors.com. Awesome. And it's me and Hank Philippi Ryan, who's another fabulous uh, writer, and um, Brian Wilson and, and Brian Andrews and, and Jeff Wilson. They are Brian Wilson and Jeff Andrews. They're a team and they write military thrillers. They're great. Dana Isaacson, who used to be Michael Connolly's editor and is a real big shot editor. And uh, we all, and Jessica Strasser, who used to be the editor of Writer's Digest and now writes um, suspense novels very successful suspense novels. So we have this website called careerauthors.com and we just write about things of interest to writers, you know, how to become a career author. And it's all free. You just go on and take a look and, and there are articles on everything, craft, business, marketing, you name it. So you guys check that out, careerauthor.com. So now in the real life adventures of Paula Mounier, uh, are you a dog person? Or are you a cat person? You know, where are you on the, the spectrum of animal love? 
I I just love all animals basically. So <laughs> we have two rescue dogs. We have a Newfoundland retriever mix named Bear, who's the inspiration for Susie Bear in the books. And we have a great Pyrenees Australian cattle dog mix named Bliss. And we have a rescue cat from West Virginia named Ursula. We just call her Ursula the cat, and she's eight pounds of trouble. And she keeps the 85 pound dogs in line. <laughs> and I, I love it. Husband would let me. <laughs> So, um, so do we ever have a, a no cat mysteries in the future? Um, that you're you're a never say never kind of person, or are you never say never? I mean, I always put cats in, in even in my you know my mystery series with yeah. There's always cats in there because I do love cats, and I, there are cats need rescuing too. Right. And cats are trouble. You need a cat in the scene just for a little bit of trouble. Well, um, we'll wrap up with Paula in just a second. But I wanted to remind you guys that if you want to go out and support the show, support female writers, women in publishing and fiction, and especially crime fiction, that you can go out and do it at the website on the screen for as little as 25 cents an episode. And that's how we came to uh, mentioned earlier that the sponsor today is Lisa Preston, whose wonderful new horseshoe mystery is out. It's called Dead Blow. And she is voicey. Oh my gosh. I um, I listened to your books, Paula, on audio. And um, and I really enjoyed them. I'm afraid to listen to Lisa's on audio because I'm afraid I'd lose her voice. You know what I mean? It's it's very, very unique voice. Um, and I want to mention briefly that, um, I uh, thank you guys, Switchback came out in November. It's still in the top 3000 on Amazon. I am so excited about uh, the Patrick Flint books and Snake Oil um, you can pick up. And um, it is history, mystery, and family. So uh, thriller, really, more than mystery. It's confused. What can I say? Like me, multi-genre, multiple personality disorder or something like that. And the last thing that I am duty bound to tell you is that this is a copyrighted and solely owned production by Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. All hail Pam Stack. She from <laughs> Blessings Flow. She's our producer and a hell of a gal. But I would be remiss if I did not end by telling you that, as I said, this was a hand-picked book by me, Blind Search. Um, I know what you guys like to read. This is a mystery with rescue dogs. Hello. You've got it there. And Georgia, my rescue Malinois, highly oh. recommends it with two paws up. <laughs> Georgia, oh, love those Malinois. Yes, love those Malinois. She will, she'll get, she's very lucky because we live out in the country and she gets to take long walks or go on trail rides with me with my horse, but we miss a couple of days and she's eating the furniture. So these are, <laughs> these are high energy dogs. I highly encourage you guys to go out and rescue a working dog, but be sure you know what you're getting into and that your home and your lifestyle is right for these, um, for these beasts. Cause not all of us can hike like mercy, right? <laughs> That's right. That's she right. keeps them in line. And Paula, Thank you so much for being on the show. This was an absolute pleasure. Oh, well, thank you. It was lovely to be here. All right. So you guys, you know what to do. Go back out to the website and you can find the upcoming shows. You can uh, be reminded of Paula's books. You can pick it up. You need to go out to her website and check out some of her books on writing, careerauthor.com for advice from her and other industry experts. And you can then prep for the next show so that you're ready. And the, the questions I'm asking are on the tip of your tongue. So check you guys later. Thanks a lot, Paula. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.